Jesus doesn't say help the stranger only if it's risk-free, or only if it's convenient, or only if that person is from the same religious group as you. No, Jesus says show mercy to the stranger regardless. He's also saying that just like the beaten man, our own salvation may depend upon a stranger. In fact, Jesus says that the way we treat strangers will be a litmus test for entrance into heaven. At the last judgment, they'll say to some people, I was a stranger and you didn't welcome me. And some people will answer, Lord, when did we see you as a stranger and not help you? And he will say that every time you didn't help a stranger, you didn't help me. That's the way it will be decided who enters heaven, says Jesus. And just in case you think that this only applies to individuals, the traditional name for this passage in the New Testament might help. It's called the Judgment of the Nations. Welcome to Battlefront Southgate. I am your host, Dustin Faulkner. Welcome back to this series on immigration warfare. We started this last week, and it is a pleasure to be with you again. We have a long ways to go here, folks. Because if you tuned in to last week, you would have heard me do a, an overview, and I bounced around on many topics regarding this. And we're going to start bringing this together for all of you, because this is a very important issue. It has not stopped. It still continues to this day. And in fact, it has become much worse because we are looking at the byproducts of all of the things that immigration warfare seeks to cause. And if we were to look at Europe right now, we'd see us in the mirror in the future. And if you will look around, you'll see that those borders have been massively infiltrated. They have gone into the UK and taken over every sector there, right? The Islamists were allowed to be resettled into all of those communities. And then what happens with those communities? Those communities are then allowed to fall. Because there's been, from the beginning of time, an effort by the order of the Roman Catholic Church in the Vatican to take the nations under its hand, its iron fist. And that is what the Jesuit order seeks to do, the Society of Jesus. And if you listened in the last episode, I alluded to that, and I told you that this is where everything comes back to. All of the things that we experience to this day are because of those people. And I know that as I sit here on this mic, and I am playing through the speakers on your stereos, on Maybe in your car, maybe in your earbuds. I don't know. Maybe I'm on your Bluetooth speaker, wherever I am, and you are listening to me. There could be people within earshot that are those very people I speak about. And they are probably downloading this and plotting right now any way to discredit me. That is coming, and I know. And that is why I am serving you and telling you that this is the problem which seeks to destroy us. They will try to discredit me as they have all of those before me. But anyway, back to what I was saying. If you look at the UK, you'll see 
all of these years, as you see through the many reports and all of the information that has been provided by the independent media outlets that have sought to tell you the truth and have not worried about money and have not worried about popularity and they have not worried about the consequences of telling you the truth, you will see all of those no-go zones that are there. All of the Sharia that has been taken over into those communities, the stabbings, the acid attacks, and all of the rapes and the girls like Tommy Robinson, he was taken because he had the guts to get out there and take a stand against what was happening because those communities have been destroyed by the Islamists. And who has helped those happen to be there in those communities? That would be the Jesuit order. And because of the onslaught of that that brings everything back to the hand of Rome. And in that hand of Rome, they will be ruled by the Pope, which is who we have now, right? We have Pope Francis, who is what? A Jesuit. And you would have never imagined 10, 15 years ago that you would be sitting here and then all of the things that you might have come across and then heard about the Jesuit order, you thought was conspiracy theory. And then you probably brushed it off and then thought about all of those crazy people out there speaking about this Jesuit order because they wanted you to do that. And what happens? It is much like the mimicking of, of Islam, right? If you think about it, because it seeks a world order to bring it into authority over that, such as the... Uh, Quran, which calls for a worldwide caliphate under the authority of Allah, the false god of the Quran. And then you think about that for a second here. They have sought that to get into the nations and to put their hands into the nations and stop the rule of Christianity and the rule of freedom and liberty in Christ. Because they want you under the hand of the Pope. They want to be controlling you. And then when they grow in numbers, what happens? The mask comes off. And that is what we have seen today. The mask has come off because what are they approaching? World domination. You're probably thinking to yourself, man, this guy's crazy. This Dustin, this Faulkner, this guy on this mic talking about the Jesuit order and talking about how the Church of Rome seeks to control the nations. That is absolutely correct. What did I just say earlier? How many times did you think it was conspiracy theory when everybody was trying to raise the alarm about the Jesuit order? Because if you look back on all of the history of the Jesuit order, of how they infiltrated and then took over uh, Rwanda and how they had the Tutsis slaughtered by what? Right. They got in there and they turned the communities against one another and then used, incited a race war, which caused them, and if I'm not mistaken on this, that was all over the size of their noses. Okay? Think about that for a second. So they picked this thing uh, they ha about causing a problem and then inflamed the flesh and then make people angry at each other and then they caused them and they picked this flaw about them or whatever. They make a flaw, and then they cause them to be attacked. And what happens? Millions of people were slaughtered. And we see this all over now. What's happening there in the UK with the Islamists who've been brought in and under this guise of the refugees resettlement 
and then how this started to happen more and more into the U.S. as we were allowing that. And then what happened? Trump came along and he was ringing and raising the alarm about the problems that it seemed with the refugee resettlement and where these people were coming from in the countries where they held from. See, if you look and you think for just a second here, ladies and gentlemen, who have we been talking about in past episodes? We were talking about Ilhan Omar, right? She comes from the Somalian country, which was a red-green axis communist regime. And she claims to be an adherent to Islam. And then she wears her hijab. And then she tells you that she just wants to do the country better. While on the other hand, she is inciting this race war. And then she's inciting all of the things. And how does she become the power? She came here, first of all, as a refugee. But then she settled there after falsifying documents. Because that's coming out more and more, guys. And then there was some tweets online which were, were revealing that. And what happens is, you know, Twitter obviously... Uh, made those to be banned, and uh, but the news had already traveled fast. And we've also seen more and more coming out, out about her and how she has disrespected the Constitution, but she tells us that we are disrespecting the Constitution when we are the adherents and the ones who guard our Constitution. Now, how does she come to power? It was because of refugee resettlement, and, the, and that's the problem. What is the big tactic that they use refugee resettlement and there's two there's two sides of that coin you have the jesuits and then the roman catholics and i just want to say this very quickly because i don't want to be just unfair here that in america the catholics there's a lot of great patriots who are catholics but they're under a religion that is false guys because you worship the, the pope as the supreme authority and I know that there are many of you who just strive to live morally just and, and you're very good patriots. And I am thankful for your patriotism. And I am thankful that you care about morals. And I'm thankful that even now here in America, you're still allowed to read the Bible and then it be taught to you. But if you go into the other countries of Roman Catholicism, you will find out that they do not want you reading the Bible. But here are the facts. They get a lot of money from the resettlement of the refugees. And then just as much as I said that, you think about, well, we look at the evangelicals out there who are receiving these monies as well. And what are they doing? You have the, you have Russell Moore out there. And then you have the evangelical immigration table. Now see, you look at those guys. They're got groups all within them which are receiving these monies to resettle the refugees. And if you were to look at a 2015 report that was released by Breitbart, they were talking about how it was over a billion dollars that they received to be able to fund these things. And you know what? It barely even cost them, not even hardly $800 to resettle any of these people. Most of the money was pocketed. Lucrative business. But it was more than just about the money. It was about bringing people in here who are against the U.S. Constitution. Many of them are Roman Catholic from some of the southern countries, the Latin American countries. And then you also bring in the Islamists who are over here going to put a stop to all of the things here which cause us to 
have to fight back against them. And it causes more friction and more problems. And then they're going to vote in their people like Ilhan Omar and Rashia Tlaib, which causes conflict. And what happens? In that conflict, they are able to implement measures and implement laws and then get us all tired of fighting back to the point where we give in. It's the whole Marxists and the Muslims working together in order to take over this country. And who are the Marxists? They are Jesuits. Because remember, the Jesuits worked with Marx to create that whole ideology and that of Marxism, which they loved. Jesuits are the Marxists. But anyway, the way that you're able to come into these countries and take over is by bringing over people and settling them into communities. And in these communities, they vote for their own, legally for some and illegally for others. And there are reports of it, how the immigration system has allowed them to come over here and take over. If you look at all of the hijackers of the 9-11, they, they all had at least one immigration violation. At least one. And then you look about how they were able to falsify documents and then stay in this country illegally. And then what do they do? They go and they attack the tower. See, you cause us to be fighting against all of these people. And then we grow tired. And then we start giving away our rights one by one because a lot of us are out there, like I said in the first episode, out there, we're just working and we're just trying to get by. But it's really hard to get by because of all of the inflation, because of all of these policies which are causing us to have to pay for things that we can't afford. And so we're constantly working and people who would otherwise be out there at these meetings in their city councils and voting and being informed correctly and rallying against those people are not able to do that. So the change comes from within and the, you subsidize all of these refugees and you subsidize all of these illegal aliens and then they're able to sit at home and do the bidding of those who tell them how to think. They give them what they want. They feed them. They clothe them. They do not have to work. They give them subsidies. They allow them to settle into these communities and buy properties and then they go and vote for the policies which take the country down. And what happens at that point? They change us from within. They're sitting on your school boards, people. Look at Minnesota. Look at Illinois. And you will see many of those cities have school board Islamists allowing that propaganda to sit through and change the way your kids think. The future belongs to them. It's the warfare of ideas and they change how you perceive the reality and truth by falsifying everything. We're coming up on a break, guys. So please stay tuned and I am glad that you are here with us. Let us come back and then we're going to talk about James Martin and use him as the face of why this is happening. This is Battle for itself. So before you dismiss these people as illegals, 
as too expensive or as criminals, please know the facts. And even if you want to dismiss these facts, remember what Jesus said about welcoming the stranger. He didn't say welcome them when they had the right papers. He didn't say welcome them when you could afford it. He didn't say welcome them when there was a zero risk to you. Jesus said, welcome them. Welcome back to Battlefront Southgate. That was the Jesuit James Martin, and he was lecturing us about how we should accept these people who come over our borders illegally, and also all of the people who are coming over here and being resettled. And the words that he uses is to tell us that we need to welcome the stranger. Well, yes, they are strangers to us. Of course they are. And, oh, and not, there's not any one of us out there who would go out there and say that we want harm to befall anyone, especially us Christians. We don't want anybody to come here and be harmed. We don't want people in their countries to be pushed around, the women raped. We don't want people to go hungry. We don't want the children to hurt. On and on and on. Yes, that is obvious. And what is he doing? He's trying to use his double speak, which is regular practice of Jesuits, to tug at you. And, you know, you would also find probably, guys, many of you who probably don't understand or know anything about the Jesuits, it does sound familiar to you because you hear a lot of the socialists and the leftists say these very things. We'll get there. But he tells us that just because they don't have papers and all of this, that we should still accept them and to be able to let them into their, our countries. And then that also that video, which was put out by America Magazine, and he did that online. It's the Jesuit uh, Review Channel on YouTube, which America Magazine is the uh, flagship magazine for the Jesuits here in America, uh, for anybody who doesn't know. But he produces these uh, well-made videos along with all of the other people on there and their propaganda. And James Martin has been made as a prominent voice before us. Uh, before the nation uh, on doing this as they, they push these things through. Back in 2000 and I think it was 2017, he wrote an article. Yes, it was 2017. He wrote an article called, I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. And then if you were to read this article, you would find a lot of the speak about how he twists the words of scripture in order to turn it around and make you feel that maybe you aren't the right one. And, you know, a lot of this, you will understand, is called uh, Jesuit sophistry. I won't go into a lot of that today in detail, but you can go on to, if you want to run it and, and check it out some more. There's a really excellent program put out by uh, Chris Pinto on Noise of Thunder. He did it a number of years ago about Jesuit sophistry. You can go on to noiseofthunderradio.com and search for that. And I'm pretty sure the title of that MP3 uh, download would be Jesuit Sophistry and Casuistry. He goes into really good detail and teaches you about how that works and the things and the tactics that they use in order to not just infiltrate the country with leftist policies, but to take it over and bring it under the rule of the Jesuit order. But in this article... He writes, let me read just a, a brief paragraphs or two for you so that you, we can get an understanding of how this guy is doing these things. He says, 
President Trump has announced that he will order the construction of a Mexican border wall, the first in a series of actions to crack down on immigrants, which will include slashing the number of refugees who can resettle in the United States and blocking Syrians and others from what are called terror-prone nations from entering at least temporarily. These measures, which mean the rejection of the stranger, the rejection of the person in need, the rejection of those who suffer, are manifestly unchristian and utterly contrary to the gospel. Indeed, last year, Pope Francis said, a person who thinks only about building walls wherever they may be and not building bridges is not a Christian. This is not the gospel. I find it extremely interesting here how he talked about building the bridges. This is a huge thing which they have done it. If you look, there's a bridge initiative in the FBI, which they are, they use to be able to allow Islamists to come into, into the FBI and divert any kind of investigation into any of the terrorists who were in the various nations. And also, Georgetown University has that bridge initiative where they are reaching out to the Muslims, and you know that Georgetown University is the headquarters of the Jesuit order in America. But if you look, and he tells as he's lecturing us here that these are the people in need, I would help you for a second to remember that back as these people were coming from Syria, that these were not just appearing to be people in need. If you go and you look online and you you jog your memory a little bit, and then you look at many of the pictures of those people hanging onto those fences. They weren't looking like a bunch of people in need. These were grown men coming along, right? I know that you remember this. And they, these are the people who fled Syria claiming to be in need, but left their women and children there in Syria. And what were they doing here? Of course, they're coming here to take... Uh, advantage of the Obama era of resettling the refugees as they did in the countries of the UK so that they can come here and then take over our communities and then they get the subsidies and they were coming over here and marrying the blonde white women and before you get angry at me and then say that I'm being racist go ahead and look that up that's what they were doing and I in fact remember a conversation I had with a fellow from Nigeria, and he was uh, delivering some product to my work mm, almost a decade ago. And I was talking to him, and uh, I was with another person that worked there, and we were asking him if there was anything that we could do to make him feel welcome and what he would do. And you know the first thing out of that man's mouth was? Help me get women. I want to be with American women, preferably blonde and white. And, you know, of course, you're going to be taken aback when you hear that. And that he sounds really racist. Now, we all have our preferences of what we find beautiful. OK, I, I get that. I, I understand because we all have somebody that, that we find beautiful. It's all subjective. But you think about that. Why does he want to do that? Because they want to marry those women and then they'll take them back to their countries and then they breed them out. This is a, a time for another program, but it comes from a lot of the is Marxist white privilege movement and the white guilt, which teaches that we need to breed out all of the white people so that there will be more fairness in the countries. And, you know, it's, of course, uh, a power grab. So 
if you think about that for a second, these all of these people were coming over here and then being resettled and moving into these communities, getting subsidies to be here. They were giving uh, the ability to build businesses without being taxed for a number of years. And many of them were not just here doing that and then not being taxed and then building these great businesses. A lot of them would sell their businesses off after the time would be up, okay? And then to another family member so that they couldn't be taxed. So it goes on and on and on. It's taken over the whole subsidizing of bringing in foreigners into the country in order to take care of the businesses, which if you are somebody here uh, who lives and is a citizen of this country, you're not afforded these same opportunities. Back to what I was saying about James Martin here. And he goes on in this article and then Here's where it really gets a little bit dirty here. He says that, but maybe you don't want to listen to Pope Francis. Maybe you think that he was being too political. Or maybe you think Pope Francis is too progressive for you. I do. But he says, maybe you think that you have a right to refuse a person in need. And that you have the right to protect yourself. Well, we do have the right of self-protection. But refusing the one in need because you want to protect yourself, especially when the other is in desperate need and obvious danger, is not what Christianity is about. It's about the opposite. It's about helping the stranger, even if it carries some risk. That's the parable of the Good Samaritan in a nutshell. Now, his speaking there telling us that we don't have the right to protect ourselves because somebody else needs that that protection. Now, if you if you really sit and you think about and you look at all of these people who have this tendency to believe these authority figures in any church, they'll start feeling guilty. And then so what he's doing is he's putting them on a guilt trip and then he goes and then uses falsely the parable of the good samaritan and we know that that is not what that meant. I believe that it had taught three things and I outlined that in the book Social Injustice, which we have coming out very soon. And you'll see that you are. I believe that you should absolutely help people in need. But I also believe that you first and foremost, you have a responsibility to your family and to protect them and to protect yourself. And you cannot be going out there and, and just saying that you need to help people in need when you yourself all have a responsibility to provide for your family first because your family needs to be provided for. This is what God has given you to do as the authority figure, as males of the household. Yes, I'm talking to you, males. And, um, you know, you have to take care of your family first. It is completely unbiblical for you to squander and let everything go wrong for your family just so you can go out and do some kind of social justice and some do-gooder stuff to bring in a bunch of people that you perceive to be in need. When obviously these people have they come they had left their families behind there. If they were really in need, how come they didn't bring their women and children? And then you're listening to this person here, James Martin, who lives in a very wealthy church, so-called church that takes over all of these countries, and they have more wealth than any other nation as a whole, I'm telling you that you need to be the one helping them. And who are you to say that you can't protect yourself, but you need to be allowing them to be protected? See, that's what they do. 
is he uses that speak to tell you that you must bring in these people and then let them allow to live here and then you give everything to them. And then what happens? Off of your guilt, you begin to let them settle into these communities and then you're out there working hard. They're not working hard. They're just voting the people in who will give them what they need and want. And what they need is to be able to live here and take over your communities. And that is where the immigration warfare comes because by having those large numbers in these zones, they degrade the U.S. Constitution. And it, they pick away at it more and more in minute by minute. And then they shun Christianity because you remember that Pope Francis has said that Islam is equal to Christianity. But we know for a fact that's not true because it is another God, it is another religious system, and there is only one true way, and that is through the saving faith of Jesus Christ who died on the cross for your sins. And to come to obedience in him and have the Holy Spirit given to you so that you can live out rightly the way that God has called us to obedience through his scripture. They don't want that. They want to take over and then you be subject to the Roman Catholic Church of the Black Pope. And we're coming up on another break. Time just keeps flying on this. We're coming up on another break. Let us come back in the next segment and we're going to talk about and, and tie it into some of these evangelicals about the evangelical immigration table. We want to talk about Jenny Yang. So I can show you just exactly how these two things sound the same and how all of this bridging is very, very profitable for these groups. This is Battlefront Southgate. And, you know, right here in Bend, I am assuming that you're going to, you probably have immigrants that you encounter on a day-to-day -day basis. And oftentimes I think we can look at someone who looks different than us and smells different and eats different food. And that discomfort creates in us judgment or fear. And yet God calls us and Jesus specifically calls us, you know, he says in Matthew 25, when you actually welcome the stranger, you're actually welcoming me you're actually welcoming you know, Christ himself. And so I think in, even in those relationships um, that there is a shalom that we can extend to the outsider so they're not the outsider. And I think when we do that, we realize that in the story of the immigrant is actually a story about us. It's not about them. It's actually a story about us because Jesus calls us in Philippians 3 that none of us are called to be citizens of this earth, that we're all called to be citizens of heaven. We're all sojourners going through this land. None of us are called to be here permanently, but we're all temporary residents of this land and even of this country. And welcome back. I'm Dustin Faulkner, and this is Battlefront Southgate. You just heard Jenny Yang of World Relief speaking to a con uh, congregation of a bunch of people. And of course she uses what they always seem to use is Matthew 25, talking about how if we are taking care of the people in need, then we're taking care of Christ. And we all know that the, that particular, uh, those particular verses which they are referring to is when Jesus was talking and, and telling them that at the end, when they were asking, well, when did we take 
care of you is when, you know, during all of the times of the persecution of Christians, we were taking care of them. And when Christians were being persecuted and thrown into prison, we were taking care of them in prison as our brothers and sisters because they were weak. And then as he gets to the end, you know that what he's talking about is he's going to be you, the end you don't want to be on. And that is the end of uh, being separate because we didn't take care of them and we didn't care for the Christians. It's all about uh, the denial and acceptance of Christ and the body of Christ. It has nothing to do with the sojourners and it has nothing to do with the immigrants and, and then uh, the, the stranger coming into the land. They completely use that script, those scriptures to make you feel guilty and afraid that you are denying Christ. As a Christian, that is very scary because nobody wants to deny Christ and they know that. And that's why they use those verses for those who maybe are not biblically literate to be fooled into thinking they know what they're talking about. And she also talks about we are sojourners on earth and none of us uh, have any, you know, as she goes into right there, because in that particular speech, it reminds me of how we recently heard the Jesuit general tell us that no country has the right to refuse migrants. And as he also spoke in to that, he said that we have that uh, we have no right to uh, because no man has the right to property. And we know that throughout Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, it, it talks a lot about the things that God gave to certain people and how he would not give the land away to even Israel when they were going through the desert and, uh, and Egypt and all of that. And you will listen to her, how she says, that, oh, we're just sojourners here. We're just a bunch of people going around, not really of this earth. We have no right to claim any kind of rights to property. And you also listen to how she says to the people there uh, that, because you people smell different or look different than you see. She's appealing to the bigotry. And, and already people, they hear those words. And these young folks who she's speaking to, they hear these words. And then they believe that they're being bigoted because you find somebody else to be strange. Look, guys, you can get around me and you're probably going to think I'm strange. I really don't care. And in fact, a lot of us really don't care. And But I know that when you're around things that aren't normal, of course, it's it's strange to you. And you know what? They're even these people that they claim that way feel that way it's just the way things are it's the way when things are different to you it's going to be that way so there's nothing wrong with you finding something to be odd because it isn't familiar to you but it does not make you bigoted because you find that strange don't ever believe that from these people and see here's something i want to tell you about this woman this woman she works for world, world relief she is part of the evangelical immigration table which is funded by george soros in his open societies foundations and you know this is all part of the whole marxist philosophies this is the marxist push the globalist as they seek to take over all of the countries and this is a part of the immigration warfare so if you look into this lady this lady here it's just like all of the other evangelicals who claim to be uh, Christian that go and they try to appeal to 
the fact that uh, Christians need to be listening to them regarding Scripture, and Scripture tells us that we need to be allowing them to bring in refugees from these countries because they're being persecuted, even though many of them largely are from Islamic countries, and they are claiming to be Islamic, and therefore how are they being persecuted if they are following the Quranic commands? Now, you would also see that many of those at that time, and now we're here in 2019, know that, that many of them were being denied that were Christian, and even our own President Trump has alluded to those facts in the past. And if you go to the Christian Post, there was an article back in August that it says that U.S. is back on track to resettle more refugees in 2019, and there are still too few. And then you see that the organization that was speaking about this was the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. And then you even see sitting there with this person is Jenny Yang of World Relief. Now, these two groups, if you remember, there was a Breitbart article which was talking about the like $1.6 billion that was going to these VOLAGs, which are the voluntary organizations posing as Christians, and they're resettling these refugees. See, that's that we were funding these people to change our communities from within. And even Jenny Yang and other speeches, which you can find online, was going around telling people that the refugees and all of the immigrants were coming here and fundamentally changing Christianity. She even admitted that on her, her speeches, which she was able to... It, flew over people's head. But as soon as I heard it, I, was, I said to myself that she's absolutely right because they are changing it from within. And you know what they're doing? They're using the social justice methodology to get that through. And then it appeals to these people because their thought process is ingrained with liberation theology, which is social justice and the cultural Marxism in this country, which is rampant as the other countries which have become more full, more fully implemented with these measures because of the immigration warfare of resettling the refugees into those countries and fundamentally changing them from within. But Jenny Yang and this speaker also from Matthew Welch of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, those two organizations were organizations which received a lot of the monies given from those the, the government funding of resettling those people. And if you go and you look at the numbers of that, they were not just, they get like, I don't know, let's just use $2,000 as an example. Out of that $2,000 that would be given to them, they probably would use about um, $600 at the most, maybe, resettling those people. The rest of it went into the organization which were becoming immensely wealthy. And we all know that the Roman Catholic Church is quite wealthy enough. That's why, that's why when, when Donald Trump, our president, talked about vetting these immigrants coming into the country before we were allowing them to be resettled, they threw this fit and then they labeled it a Muslim ban because it was interfering with their money. And Jenny Yang, who claims to be this devout Christian is being paid by that organization to do these things. We cannot believe people like her. And we're not going to get into it too much here because we're running out of time. But she's just along with the people like Russell Moore and Leith Anderson of their 
Religious and Ethics uh, Commission in the Southern Baptist Convention, which have been joining forces to call for the social justice resettlement of these refugees because they too are receiving these monies. Because if you look into a lot of those churches, guess where they're going? They're going into those churches and they're filling the coffers. It's profitable for them. So what do they need to do? They need to build these bridges with one another in order to bring them in. They resettle them. They get a huge amount of money to be able to do these things. And when you take away from that, it interferes with the money. So what do they do? They jumped onto the border crisis where they were saying families were being torn apart. When I've given you numbers in previous programs and also in Social Injustice, the book, you'll see that those numbers were showing that a lot of them were coming as these single men. And then when they began renting the children out and renting the children out, they came as these family units, which would appear to be... Uh, folks that needed to seek asylum from countries like Honduras and, and, and many of the other countries which had a large criminal activities. And then they used that to be able to start getting more monies from the government to settle these people and to put them into their uh, centers and to send them into their communities. And then what do they do? They teach them how to go directly to the United States and then call for resettlement. So back to that, when they were labeling it a Muslim ban, we still to this day, we will see we have seen that Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, those two people have been leading the war beat of getting that passed into Congress where another president can never issue executive orders on banning anybody from these countries, or which basically is just saying that we're just not allowed to vet these immigrants coming in. Because what would happen is because if we don't have this vetting process, then we'll be able to just freely bring people in that will go into the communities, they will set up shop, they'll get the jobs, they'll start the businesses, they'll receive the subsidies, and then they will start taking over those communities. You will get churches that do need the money and are uh, because the people who are having the jobs to fund the churches to be able to give offerings and, and tithes to their own churches, then those churches start to disappear or you have to be forced into hiding because you start getting into the zones like the Sharia no-go zones in the UK. So what happens? Christianity as a whole, the truth of Christianity, Protestantism, is quickly taken away and then we are forced into hiding. And then what happens? The United States as a whole has become the country which is going to be either a caliphate or it's going to be under the supreme authority of the Jesuit order which is overseeing the Vatican as we speak. Now, what do you think that we need to be doing? I think that we need to be vigilant in sharing programs like this. I say this at the end of most every program. And you are an audience who knows how to educate yourself and you know how to share the information. I know that we are quickly being taken over and not being able to share information because we have these large corporations which are, have more money than us and they're able to pay for uh, things to, to stop us and to influence the thinking. And you know that a lot of the liberal people over the uh, online are able to have these companies which cause us to not 
be able to share our voices and information. And they know that that's how Donald Trump won the last election was because of our ability to use the social media in order to get the information out because we know that the mainstream media was not doing that. So guys, we are approaching the end of our program and you, uh, hopefully you have seen here and are able to link more of what I am talking about on as in regards to the immigration warfare, which we are seeing before us when they are bringing all of these people in to rush the border so that when they get them in, they can change the communities and then they can change the laws and then they can take over by voting the people in who will change the laws and how these organizations are beginning to use these and profit immensely from the ability and using the false twisting of scripture to guilt you into buying in to what they say. Please join us again as we come on to talking about immigration warfare in the future with the part three of the program, and we're going to dig into some more with some more information and show you exactly what is going on and how to stop it. Remain strong. Stay in the Word of God so you are not fooled by people twisting Scripture, and keep sharing programs like these which seek to warn and change the direction this country is heading into. This has been Dustin Faulkner with Battlefront Southgate, and I hope that everything goes well for you. And I know that you are strong in America, and I know that even internationally, as you guys might be listening to this program, you have a chance to get things right for yourself. And I will see you, and you will hear from me next time. This is Dustin Faulkner, Southgate out.